Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. Hey, Clatter fans, it's Harloff Minor or Darth Harloff or just me, Christian Harloff from the Jedi Council podcast. And you can support this show by taking a quick five minute online survey to help keep the show free to download with minimal advertisements. Your responses will help connect advertisers to our audience so you can hear about products and services that matter to you. The survey is short and completely anonymous. Just visit podcastone.com slash my survey and fill it out. It can be completed in under five minutes. Thank you for your continued support of Collider and all of our great podcasts here on Podcast One. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Lucasfilm puts a hold on Boba Fett. Lucasfilm puts a hold on Obi-Wan. What the hell's the deal with Lucasfilm? <laughs> We're going to find out in just a little bit, Jedi Council. It's going to start now. Wee. 
Welcome back to Collider Jedi Council. It is a place of reunions, and I am Christian Harloff, and that's the wide camera. There's the single, and <laughs> welcome back to Jedi Council, where we talk everything about Star Wars, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of Star Wars, and what a council we have today. You talk about original members. You talk about the big three. Well, you got them right now, starting off with, he always returns, and it's it's Mr. Ken Napsack. Kylo Ken is here. Hello, Kenneth. Uh, good evening. How are you, sir? I'm good, and it's nice to see you, but you're not the story today. No. I'm not the You're not the story today. Uh, one of the original members of the council is back, and it is Maud Mothma Garrett. Hello, Maud. Welcome back. So hi, so good to be back. I don't know. Yay! That's you know, it. Yay! We were talking about like you said it right before we started. A lot of history here. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, this show's been going on for a long time, and in yeah. fact, we've been talking Star Wars for four and a half years. 2014. Yeah, yeah four years. August four and 2014. Half. Yeah, that's that's a long time. Hi. Yeah. Hey, when did you turn to the dark side? What is this, what? Ken? Kylo Kim Bull. Oh, yeah. I've always been on the dark side. No! That's you there! Look, you've even got the same beard. No, I've I've got more gray and evil in my beard. Oh, yeah, there's been a lot going on. I'll download you after the show. Does that mean I have to turn to the dark side? Absolutely not. You better not. I'm wearing red. Follow your own path. Don't do it. Um, But there has been some stuff to talk about this particular week. A lot of news has broken. I'll be completely honest with you. We had a a whole rundown of what we were going to talk about today. But with the three of us... One, topic one can turn into an hour-long conversation, <laughs> so I'm really not worried about hitting all the topics as much as I am. Let's just really break down what's going on in the world of Star Wars. And the first thing is, it's all about what? Star Wars movie news. That's right. There he is. MSTH3. That's the droid. And he is here, and he's going to tell us about everything happening in the world of Star Wars that pertains to the movies. Ken... A lot of stuff happened in pertaining to the movies this week. Yeah, a lot of stuff. This story was uh, first dropped here on Collider uh, just yesterday. Well Frosty, our good friend Stephen Weintraub, dropped this exclusive uh, that was percolating around for a bit. I can tell you that. You can tell you that. We can all tell you that. That uh, This is a story that Lucasfilm is putting on hold. Movies they never officially announced, yes, but it doesn't mean they weren't actually working on them. No more Boba Fett, maybe. No more Obi-Wan standalone, maybe. Uh, there's even reports surfing, surfacing today from uh, uh, making Star Wars about uh, the Moss Eisley film, which is another film that uh, was in the works, uh, again, all in these meetings that we're never a part of. But, Christian, this kind of uh, had some shockwaves going through the Star Wars fandom yesterday. Yeah. I think there's a lot of positives and negatives to be taken out of this story. There's, there's tons of them. And, you know, and, and let's get the negatives kind of out of the way, because I think that's the first thing we're going to try to dissect. And mm. I think you can definitely call this reactionary. I think there's no doubt about it. Um, I think that it plays into an overall bigger problem that Lucasfilm has. There's one point that I think that it is commendable that Kathleen Kennedy looks at a director and says to the director, we like you, we like your vision, here's a Star Wars property, do what you want. I think in one aspect, as a producer, that's a, that's, and, and picking the right talent, that's a good move. The problem is when you have an overall narrative like Star Wars, um, you see the way Marvel does it, and I think that's more the way that Star Wars should approach this. Mm-hmm. You should have a plan of... We're going to do this movie that could tie into this. And even if this movie takes place hundreds of years beforehand, it's going to have an overall effect on the narrative of Star Wars. They haven't had that. I think that that has hurt them um, tremendously. I think that Obi-Wan is a crucial error not to not to put this movie out. I think Obi-Wan would have been a movie to tie fans back together. I thought that movie should have come out before Solo mm-hmm. um, because I think it is a movie that people actually were 
asking for, as where Solo really was not. And, and I will say that Solo, the movie itself, is a fine Star Wars movie. Isn't that hilarious? That is my key word that I've been using to describe Solo. Fine. It was fine. Yeah. I gave it a 6.5 uh, fine out of 10. You know, like it was just safe and boring. What we needed was a familiar face. And this is our familiar face. And this is actually seamlessly tying together the prequels and where we are now. And I yeah. think that that's a really s- smart idea. And they've done that with Maul. <laughs> Right. But they could have done it with a whole movie. We didn't need a new face like Alden. Um, what I'm really discovering with Star Wars more and more is that they're allergic to risks now. Everything is safe. And I feel like the slight risks that they've had was The Last Jedi. Risks with the script. And it backfired with a lot of people in a big way. And I think that that trickled down into Solo. Again, it's a huge risk to do an origin story with a brand new character when the man who first played him is still alive. Risk hasn't paid off. And if you look at the times where they are making risks, Josh Trank for Boba Fett, gone because he's a liability. You know, um, there's so many other things. This news announcement, as soon as things aren't safe, big dollars for Solo, not safe. They're pulling back, they're slowing their roll, and they're recalibrating. Yeah, I think, and I think you're absolutely right. I think that you hit the, the nail on the head for sure. Like when you look at... Um when you look at some of the moves, you see it's, it's a classic studio move, isn't it? I mean, it, it, while Solo didn't hit, so that means automatically that Obi-Wan won't, won't work or Boba Fett. And I didn't necessarily need a Boba Fett movie, but I think that if they would have went inside to, like, the underworld and learned yeah. about the crime syndicate and, like, go underneath Coruscant. Give me the hot saga. Right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. how like, fun the, is that? And you could have connected Boba Fett to all of that and not necessarily made it a Boba Fett origin story. But I don't, this goes back to my initial point of having a through line of how it all plays together throughout all of it because I think that sometimes things were kind of thrown in. And it goes back to that story we talked about with, with Maul that they didn't even really know that they were who it, they knew it was a bad guy and at the last minute they said well Maul could work it still But John Kasdan didn't say that. John Kasdan wrote it as Maul. John Kasdan did. John correct. Kasdan and Maul. playing into what John Kasdan and that's what John yeah. Kasdan was also the one who said yeah. that Kathleen Kennedy trusts in the yeah. directors and visions but there is no mm-hmm. overall plan. I think that that is um, a bit of a risk like mm-hmm. Maud said and a risk that doesn't really pay, hasn't paid off yet. But to the positive side of that um, is that this new plan, if they decided that they don't want to do these standalones at all, and they're going to focus on the Ryan Johnson trilogy or the Benioff and Weiss series of movies, that indeed is a more of a risk, and it's not as safe anymore because these are characters that we do not know. This is a new vision that we are not sure Ah, but it's tying in with their property which is competing with netflix and that is to provide a paywall content base and that's where they're focusing all their you're talking about for favra Oh, right. I'm talking about Ryan Johnson's movies. Oh, got it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. The Favreau thing. Because that's where they're focusing on. I feel like they're do-do-do-do-do. It's just streamlining that. That's gotten the green light, and that's traveling fast. Yes, and I I Mm -hmm. think that that's the series, and I've said it many times in the show, and we'll get into it a little later. I think that that's the show that can actually save the Star Wars narrative, but we'll get into that a little bit. But I wanted to get your take on it as far Mm as Obi-Wan. Boba Fett, good news, bad news, that if this is indeed no, and let's, let's just say this is a hiatus thing, if they wanted to tomorrow and change it, you know what, we want to do Obi-Wan, and so that report was wrong, they could do that. Always in motion, the future is, yeah. right? Uh, I think in terms of uh, it being a, a, a pause and recalibration, that is, sorry, I dropped my water, um, that's an okay thing, uh, and, and a business standpoint, that's, that's, I think, what you should do. Is a reactionary to Solo? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's myriad reasons Solo did not do well at the box office. We, we know this. There's been studies on it, right? Right. Oversaturation. Yeah. Oversaturation, maybe, but Five Avengers... Months. 
five months. From Last Jedi into Solo. Uh, stores not being allowed to put Solo merchandise where Avengers Infinity War merchandise was. Uh, uh, a lot of things like that. You couldn't get mo- Most Wanted, which, by the way, is a great book. A great by Ray Carson. Uh, you want to learn more about Kira and Han, and what it's amazing to see what happens in that book and, and the character study of those two characters. But you couldn't find that book anywhere. You mm-hmm. couldn't. It's not on shelves right now. I mean, it is, but like it's tough. I think a lot of that. So I think overall, uh, is uh, this is this is disappointing. Uh, I had heard I'd heard this stuff percolating for a little bit, and and, and you probably heard it too. You probably heard it too. And it's, so it's have it again, not official, um, but. It's 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 the case. It, it's it's a little disappointing to me. It's a little disappointing and, and reactionary. Yeah, I think it's super reactionary. Just go back. Like I've been, I was saying for a long time, I don't think the Obi Wan movie will happen. I don't At think it will happen. No, I I didn't think it was gonna. And I was I was sticking to it for a while. Then I thought, you know what? Maybe maybe it could shift. Maybe mm-hmm. because there is such a demand that they that. I just don't think that they're reading the fan base the right, way, the right way. And I can tell you that I can understand also why that's so confusing right now to read the fan base because there's so many different levels of what the fan base is. There's 100%. the, there's the yeah. good fan base. There's the fan base. Psychotic? That, yes, the psychotic fan base is there, there for sure. There's also the critical but still um, reasonable fan base that's out there too that maybe doesn't like certain things that are happening right now. It's a hard thing to read, but I still think that you can read a tone. And it looked like... Out of all the stuff that was after this report, people were most bummed about the Obi-Wan thing. There weren't a lot of people that were saying, oh, no, I'm losing the Boba Fett yeah. thing. Sure, having Mangold attached is cool. But not having that Obi-Wan movie, there could have been more story to tell. And I think because, well, nobody wants these movies because nobody wanted Solo. It's what you said. It was hard. It's harder to say that's Han Solo. But, but I just saw the guy who plays Han Solo as opposed to the guy who has played him in the prequels, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. You know, that's, it was a move I think they could have tied in your point to the prequels, to the Rebels TV show, to all yes. this stuff. And I think we are, I think the average fan who's trying to understand the timeline put in place, we need more seamlessness. Yeah. And I think jumping all the way back to Solo was a, a move too soon. Um, and I think, you know, that they're not, I, I think that things are spinning too fast. The fact that they had Chris uh, Lord and Phil Miller, wait, Chris Miller and Phil Lord yeah. in on I this and too. then pulled it out at the last minute almost and went, no, nope, this isn't working. I think they're literally pushing the panic button on a lot of things at the moment. And this is an example of pushing the panic button where they're like, well, well we tried and it didn't work, so let's go back to the drawing board. I, I agree with you. We need to be investing in characters that people really do care about. I think um, we also need to be... Uh, they need to figure out their fan base because this is the first time... I think The Last Jedi has been the first movie where there hasn't been an overall similarity with the response. Mm-hmm. I mean, the original movies... They didn't fail. They were some of the best, most successful movies of all time. Yeah. The prequels, unanimously, people didn't like. So there was well financially, right? They did, right? But as far as fan goes, yes. and then it's like the Force Awakens. Hey, we're back, and then the Last Jedi split. Yes. Solo split, and right. now they're panicking because they don't have the masses under control anymore. Yes, and the reason I brought up the financially for prequels because even though I agree with the, the majority of, especially that hardcore, um, the core fan base that made Star Wars popular. The older fan base didn't respond to it, as where I think the younger fan base to the prequels did. But the Solo was the first movie ever that said, wait a minute, uh, Star Wars isn't 
inhuman. Star Wars is 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 it's not, not Teflon anymore. Yeah, yeah. It, it jinx. It can, <laughs> it can, yeah, it can take a hit, and it took a big hit. Yeah. So that wave, everyone starts to panic, and I think yeah. we'll get into more about the. This is what Star Wars News Net. Can we get into that that Star Wars News Net story? Is that right underneath it? Did, did Rogan put that in there? Yeah. What, what, yeah. What? Uh, just about the report about what they had heard in regards to. It goes back to your point with the merchandising of what mm-hmm. what if you believe these reports with Disney. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you think the solo would have been far more successful if they'd waited until December? One hundred percent. That is what I mean. Where they yeah, get excited yeah. and they get the wheels turning, and then they're like, yeah. "Whoops." Well, that is the report. Now, if you believe this report, and um, uh, from what Star Wars Newsnet has got, and, and their sources are pretty reputable, and they've, mm-hmm. they're, I think every time I've read a story from them, it pans out. What they're reporting is that Lucasfilm was heavy on releasing it in December. They wanted it in December. Disney said, no, it's got to hit May. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, this, I, I've heard several times, and I keep hinting at it here. Yeah. I keep, I keep, I've heard several times a lot of the problem is Uncle Bob Iger. And yeah. that Kathleen Kennedy and the team maybe feels, though, this deal's getting worse all the time. Seriously? And that Uncle Bob is the one who wanted Lord Miller, all that kind of stuff. And what I'm reading here right now, and what you said is very smart about the streaming service. This is now... This is this is stocks. This is business. Right. They want to beat Netflix, and I think some resources could be put to that too. But with this Favreau thing being very important, I think I think that's you touched did, on something in my brain that that's part of this. How did Bob Iger not realize that by making it a May release, he's directly competing with his own brand, Marvel? I know, that was, and that's I think because again, I think hubris. Also, it's hubris, and I think because again, what we just talked about with Star Wars, how. Rogue One comes out, boom, billion dollars. Uh, Last Jedi, who cares if half the fan base didn't like it? Boom, billion dollars. <laughs> and, and so they think, they let's put it in May now, because right. everything we put Star Wars, people love it, and they eat it up. But there's a method to it. There's, And I also think that what it comes down to in general, and this is the creative and the business side, there's a complete disconnect with old school and new school mentality to where if you look, for example, for Solo, right? Well, Lawrence Kasdan's going to do it. Everybody li- loves uh, Larry Kasdan. He knows, the, he knows the character the best. And as, as soon as you say Lawrence Kasdan's going to be in there, it's good. The younger generation cares, but not as much. And I think to, to a, lot of, a lot of people, Marvel is their new Star Wars for the, for the kids, right? For the, the kids. But you like the younger kids gen- don't like Silverado? Right, exactly. But the younger generation, and I think that by putting them, like you said, in two weeks uh, or three weeks. That's head-to-head. It's head-to-head. And the report by Star Wars Newsnet was that Lucasfilm wanted December. They said no. Disney said no. Then they had Lord and Miller come in, and the problems happened. Again, this is a report, not confirmed, that Disney then said, okay, we're going to give you all the money that you need. Get Ron Howard, get whoever you want, do your reshoots, but you have to stick the landing. You have to hit May. You cannot move. They still wanted to move to December after that. They said, no, can't do it. Have to stick to May. And with that also, Ken, you can, mm-hmm. I forget exactly what it says with the marketing, was that they weren't going to pull marketing costs off of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Hence what Ken was talking about with the action figures and all that kind I, of I, stuff. I talked to a Target manager because I go to Target a lot. Yeah, Christian, help yeah me. I believe it. Um, and they were not Stay allowed to do the end caps, which is the stuff on the end, the big promotions. As you're shopping, you go, ooh, so- yeah. Solitos. Weren't allowed to do that till very close to the film because Infinity War had to be there. And you could tell the marketing push was horrendous for Solo. I mean, it was, yeah. it was terrible. The trailers came out too, too close together. And, and especially when you look at the brilliant marketing that their other films had had when they landed in this December. Rogue One had a good campaign. Mm-hmm. Even after for a little while, we were worried because we hadn't seen anything. But they had enough time to reset and then go. 
And I think that that benefited Rogue One. Maude and I bought BB-8 oranges. Let's just say we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Stay on target. Yeah. Um, I think that Star Wars did a really good job with making Christmas and the holiday season synonymous with a, a Star Wars release. Yeah. And that was what was exciting. And that actually added to it because you're like, I've got eight weeks or two weeks off if you're in America. It's eight weeks in Australia. Anyway, um, <laughs> to, to watch there. this movie as many times as I can. Yeah. And now it's like, you have a choice. You can watch Avengers or Solo. They shouldn't have done that. That. As well as, and then you got Incredibles two. You have uh, you have Deadpool, Deadpool two. You have all these movies that it's just the summer season these days. This is why I said like to the purists that wanted Star Wars to be in May, it was a different time when May was hot. Like there weren't all these movies. Like summer season it was like two movies, big movies, two or three could hit in a week, and then the next one, and then the next one. It's it, when they hit that December for Force Awakens, they hit the money spot, and then they and then they proved it. A, Two times after, it was the money spot. They stuck the Star Wars flag yeah. right in the middle of it, and they just then then said, "Not." And to again, if you believe the report, it wasn't Lucasfilm. As Lucasfilm said, "We need to keep this spot," and then Disney go, "Nah, nah, Star Wars can handle it," and they were wrong. They were mm-hmm. dead wrong. Mm-hmm. It hurt. It also there are other there are other factors. December is not the only reason why this movie didn't do well. I thought sure. going back to what you're saying before, it wasn't necessarily a character that we needed to see at that time period in his life. Um, there was so much, but I think that it is super reactionary for Lucasfilm, and who knows how much Disney has saying this now. Just focus on the Ryan Johnson thing. He made money for us, so it doesn't matter what they're saying on, online. Because I will go back on what I said. I think that for a long time, I was, I thought that uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy would get s- scrapped. I don't think they should go ahead with it right now. I think they should push that back and, and let it subside a little bit. But they're going to do it. They're going to go through it. And if you if you hear from him on Twitter and you hear his interviews, whether you agree with his vision or not on Last Jedi. You can tell that he cares. Yeah, absolutely. He legit cares. It's not like he's just out there. I mean, I know some fans like that ridiculous dope who's playing with the Ray doll like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> and an angry fan was doing this he's thing. An he's an incel. He's a moron. And, and there are those people that you're never going to convince otherwise. But they are, it's also the Star Wars fans were hurt. And Star Wars fans, some Star Wars fans, there are some Star Wars fans. I loved The Last Jedi. Right. Because so, why? We had risk for the first time in so long. They took a risk with the story. Yeah, I and you should that. be allowed to say that. That's my point, though, is the fact that, like, and there's, there's fans out there will, I encourage the fans to then say to you, well, I disagree with you on the risk part because of this. And if they're, and you, then you're the type of person that would say, okay, that's a fair point, but here's why I think, but end of the conversation. Yeah. As opposed to, well, uh, have someone else on this show who just doesn't love The Last Jedi. It's like, <laughs> if you like it, you like it. Yeah. And, and it should say something that a lot of our guests that have had, I've been in the kind of minority where mm. I'm, I, I say it a billion times over, and I get crap from from fans all the time. There's this one Orange Grove imbecile that every single time I'm on the, he's like, "Well, you know, Hyloff says this though," and I'm not allowed to say that I have problems with right. with Last Jedi. I have problems with Solo. I have right. a lot of problems with Solo. There's a lot of problems, but that, that's the thing is that the conversation sh- should be able to be had that way. They're getting better sometimes, and in other ways they're getting worse. Yes. Um, but the point is that I think that w- there is going to be new movies. We know that. Now, here's something else, too, and if, if I take away someone's Twitter question, I apologize. When it comes down to um, these every year doing the movie, because we're all in agreement that six months is way too yes. soon. Are they going to stick to the one year, uh, every year that like you get a Star Wars movie? You think they're going to stick to that? I think now, definitely. I think because streaming 
is where it's at. They, Disney wants to win that war, and mm-hmm. it is a war. Apple TV, Instagram TV started a going after oh, yeah. YouTube, YouTube Red. That is where the, the tech war is in this industry, and Disney wants to win that, and yeah. I think they need to focus on it. They stick in for the year, or you think they're going to move it every two? I think they, it's going to be every year because it is still money. Like, at the yeah. end of the day, they are making money. Even right. though it's not what they used to get, it's still a lot of money that they're making. Um, I actually have uh, two, two questions. Two questions I want to pose sure. real quick. Do you think that the mixed reaction of The Last Jedi had an effect on solo ticket sales? A bit. I think to, to some of the hardcore, I don't think it was it was a massive. I think it had a certain, a, I think it has more of a chunk and an impact than most people think. I think that there was, you have to give credit to how supportive the hardcore fan base of Star Wars is. And I think that a lot of the, let's say the hardcore fan base was divided, right? I think half of that, divide said no i'm not going to go see it it's, whether it's a i'm going to take a stand or they're just like i need a little time mm. um so yeah i do think that it had an effect mm-hmm. uh, i absolutely agree it had an effect i saw completely because the boycotts and all that stuff toss it out right but i saw completely uh, quote normal fans because i'm not normal but uh say you know i don't i don't really want to see because i don't feel it's necessary and I was, it's, it's you're sleeping on this movie but that's your your choice go right. for it but i also here, here i was at a i was at a bar the other night with our good friend van william the vandalorian yeah. And we had a great time. We were drinking, talking. We were talking Star Wars. We're both in the camp of loving a lot of things. At the table behind us uh, with a softball team called the Spoilers, um, one guy was holding court going, they failed because they had 20 years of good stories in this uh, Legends, and they got them all out. And we want to turn around and go, Luke was a character, and the Emperor's son had a third eye, but whatever. And and then my cousin the next night was like, you know what my favorite movie is? Solo. I'm not a big Star Wars fan. That was fun. And so I, I, you, you said earlier, but if Lucasfilm is paying attention to every hashtag and tweet, their head's got to be exploding because a, how yeah. do you, what do you do? Well, I think that it's, that goes back to a conversation you and I have had on this many times, and that's that maybe the, the directive has kind of changed to where even with the prequels, whether you like them or not, Lucas still directed them at the hardcore Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. You might not have liked his choices of what he made, but they were directed at that hardcore audience. The Clone Wars, Rebels, are directed at that audience. Today's Star Wars directs it at the casual fan as well. 100%. And that's where it's not right or wrong, but the narrative has changed completely. It's a... It's a smart money business decision because the hardcore fans are going to see it no matter what. They don't need to win them over. They've already got them. But Solo might prove otherwise. Well, I have the same feedback. The people that loved Solo the most, eh, about Star Wars. They're like not really... Casual fans. Not even casual fans. They're new fans. They're like, this is my first Star Wars movie. I'm on board. This is really cool. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Kat. And so I feel like they're they're not trying to please the, the, the... people that they've already got and if they lose a half of them a few of them whatever they are throwing a much wider net they are getting a whole new generation they're not focusing on the 30 plus year olds anymore they're looking at the 12 year olds who are going to grow up as this with their first movie yeah. and expand yeah i think that it's I, for that particular movie though it was too big of a risk because of how much it ultimately cost um to make because it was the first movie that even though like you said they actually. This is the first movie they lost money on. This is the first Star Wars movie that they lost money on, and that is something where, as shareholders or executives, to get a look at that and go, "What's the plan here, guys?" Mm. Because we've got a we this we need we need to get back to that. It needs, Star Wars needs to be fun again because I think that all fan. I think that that's how you also sell it to everyone too. Because we'll call it what it is. Star Wars isn't as fun 
talking about. Nope. Star Wars isn't as fun watching. Star Wars it hasn't been as fun because of all, and maybe it's an internet culture and everything too, and, and, and I get it all the time now. It's like, <laughs> it's not about, I don't come on here to say, because you remember back in the day when we used to do it, I oh used to get goodness. crap all the time because all I was, I was too positive about everything and I loved everything and Star Wars could do no wrong. But then that's the exact opposite is that any single time, like it's the same person I talked about before on Twitter, it's like when I said that Solo wouldn't be, Solo would, would be its first, the loss that Star Wars would have, oh, he gave me so much crap. And then I said that the Ryan Johnson thing wouldn't happen and I'm probably wrong about that too, but it's like you can't let someone live anything down you, it, you can't have conversations. You can't be respectful to anybody. Something happened inside of this thing. Star Wars used to be that place where... It's, remember we had the celebration all together? Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. It was like one big hug. Yeah. That's what it felt like, a big yeah. hug. I'm curious to what celebration is going to feel like this year. That actually brings me to my second question that I had. Celebration. Do you think that they're holding their cards closer now, figuring things out, and then they'll drop a huge bomb at the celebration? They'd better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they better. That's a great question for you. Uh, I, I think so. Yeah, I think I think that's obviously the first look at, at nine, but maybe we'll get the first information on, on Ryan and uh, Dan and Dave, who aren't really touching this thing till Game of Thrones is completely done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the shooting's done, but now they're in post-production on season eight. So, yeah, I think they, they need to. I, I mean, you know, obviously the tickets sold out and... and, and 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 there's the fan bases there, but you know it, it's you can't ignore what's what's going on. But it's 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 the world, it's the world. Right. You know, try being a woman on the internet right now. How's that going, Ma? Is it fun? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I'm still alive with the amount of death threats I get. Yeah. Just and, and isn't that so ridiculous? Because of geek culture. Remember when it used to be cool to be it used to be fun to be talking about geek stuff? Yeah. Well, no, it's kind of it's. Whoosh, whoop. For me, there all was over a, the place. A, there, I mean, it was real tough being a woman, and then it was great, and now yeah. it's like, the, I don't know. There's right. the, the the worse you are, the louder your voice. Really, it's just you know? it's mm-hmm. one of those things, and I think that it's just a place. I do believe that we're going to uh, uh, Star Wars geek culture in general will pop out of this, and we'll get back to that place you're talking about where it was it was great again. I think no, I want I want Star Wars to have what Avengers had. That right. was the entire world joining in on a collective moment of shock and of like awe yeah. of the series, and we haven't had that because of that. I, I'm so adamant about this. That is because that Marvel is run like a television show. It it serializes its movies yes. so that you more and more every single time you watch one you get more and more invested in these characters. Yes. And it's like even if there's not characters inside of like Tony Stark is not in Ant-Man, but he's mentioned. And so you know, oh yeah, so they're aware of him. Mm-hmm. There's always it's like it connects. There's things that happen that maneuver throughout this entire small universe as opposed to this larger galaxy that we don't connect as much because it's like, oh, well you've got a great take. Then tell this story this time. You've got that. Well, we'll figure that out. Oh, we'll connect that. We'll make sure that happens. Yeah. Have a setup. This is coming out here, and that will go here, and then we're going to bounce back here, and then we'll end up here in 2024. That works. That It's been proven that that works. Now, it also proven that it doesn't work when you look at something. The DC tried to do it, and they couldn't do it the right way, so no. they're, trying, they're doing other things, and they're trying to figure it out. Lucasfilm needs to figure it out. Maybe going back to those positives that we talked about before, maybe this is their attempt to do exactly that. Maybe this is a Ryan Johnson shoots all three back to back to back. And then Benioff and Weiss have a series of movies. They do four of them. Boom. We set up this old Republic type timeline. And that goes back to Star Wars. 
Well, you know, that I mean, you're kind of making the point here that the trilogies that we're seeing, they're successful. They're the rocks because that is a streamlined story. But when you're having these standalone movies that, oh, remember when this movie came out in 1977? Well, now that it's 2017, this is actually taking place a little bit after or before that. And, you know, you're kind of all over the place. And then it's a standalone story. Yeah. So it's kind of interjecting throughout what we want, which is a streamlined succession. Yeah. And I think that, that, yeah, the trilogies are great like that. And this could have been... The, the Obi-Wan movie could have helped a little bit to mesh it together more. But I think that, yeah, that's why we're just like, I mean, I don't need to see that because it's not going to affect right. the trilogy. But even the trilogy, though, the trilogy, even though they've been successful, is because that's where we were. That's where we our fandom was born was through that that timeline. The problem that I also think that it has been is that J.J. Had, should have come in with that first script, said, this is where number. This is where the second one goes. Thank you. And this is where the third one ends. They're completely separate stories it's, it's in just, a trilogy. Just go, that's <laughs> that's the, and that's goes back to the point of you have your vision, you have yours. Go 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 go. And there's too much cleanup involved with that. As a, like because if you look at um, going back to the Marvel example, Ryan Coogler with Black Panther, they knew of okay. Look, so this is this is where we need this thing to go. Have fun and do whatever you need to do and put your stamp on it, make your, make your vision, but it has to hit the Eight story points. beats because it needs to eventually play into Avengers. And that's what they could have done with the trilogy. And I think that whether or not you hear J.J. talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, I love that. I wish I could have shot that script. There's going to be some new things that he has to do in order to close it up and make it his yeah. vision. Well, because he set things up that were shut down. Right. So there, again, no consistency in that regard. What I'm hearing is that Star Wars needs the Russo brothers or a version of the Russo brothers. Right. Do you think that this could be um, for the Game of Thrones producers coming on board and kind of like taking control of that a bit? I think that the Game of Thrones producers will, will do some... I think we need to bring in people. I, th- I would like to see Ryan Coogler do a, uh, do a Star Wars movie. I think that I, he, he's a fan. I think, that, I think it's more about creative... Up top, and I think that they just need to have a plan, and yeah. and that's that's one of the things I got yelled at the most about was that you know oh they certainly have a plan they don't and if they they, they wouldn't put standalones on a back burner for because the last one did bad if they had a plan because yeah. if they had a plan they wouldn't say well that one did bad well we got to scrap our plan now plan's gone well that that was it scrap the plan because if that's the case that's real bad leadership if there's a full plan it's like okay well that didn't work out the way we did let's follow through the plan go through the execution and see if we can hit the end goal there's no plan like there needs to be a creative plan wasn't uh, pablo hidalgo and his team the board of like literally keeping canon in place yeah he's part of story it's not actually his team though like kiri hart is the one who runs the entire story group yeah and carry back they run the entire story group um but yes, they they are the ones that are there. Matt Martin and and and, and Leland Chi, they're there for pe- directors and stuff to approach. Hmm. But I think that they need more power, and I think that they're getting less power from what it looks like as far as this goes. But maybe not. Maybe they're completely involved in it. I just I would like to see them have more more say to where we have the director. Okay, you're going to work with the story group. That's part of the deal. You don't want to be. You don't want to do it. Then that's fine. As opposed to the directors coming in and saying, "Well, we'll, we'll consult with the story group if, if if need be." And I think that's why the vision's been so compromised, is because we've replaced so many directors, and you know they are replaceable if right. things aren't going right, and you have to kind of scrap it and start again. And you're right. Like if it was a fully fleshed out game plan, these little hiccups shouldn't be happening. Yeah, because they would know. It would be a blueprint of we'll follow this. We need. To, we know that we need to get here, but in four years. So your your job as the director is 
give us enough strong story beats to get us there, like Ryan Coogler, you know, like what, what he did in Black Panther. It's like, do your thing, get us there. And he's like, all right. And he did it. And he got us there. And he got us there. And that, because look how much more powerful Infinity War was because of what Ryan Coogler did in Black Panther. Like there was cheers and when certain mm. characters popped up because of what he did and you can do that in star wars you're able to do that more so if it, if it all connects and i and maybe this is why i said in the beginning of this show when you look at the um the overall positive potential if they scrap these movies if it is indeed reactionary reactionary and they say well that's fine it might be reactionary but we're going to focus on now the creative ryan johnson now does if i love looper i love looper if he does movies like that, got rid of the kind of the Marvel humor that he had in Last Jedi, right? But had this this I, I know some people do, but I, I my my personal taste on it is if if they did that and made a Looper type Star Wars for these three movies, shot them back to back to back, that could be something that would one movie we're a very forgiving f- uh, race fan base in general, like we're very forgiving. We can Ryan Johnson hits it out of the park. All these people who are screaming and yelling, they're going to go stomp in their feet. The people who hate his movie, mm-hmm. I don't want to see it. And then if they love it, all right, I don't like the last one, but you got me back. Yeah. Guaranteed. So if that, but they have to do it again. Shoot it back to back to back. Get the Benioff and Weiss stuff back to back to back. Get it working. Get a plan. Um, sorry. So it's a lot, so much stuff here. That was, <laughs> what's the question? Yeah. I don't even think there was a question. It's, it's just, I think that it's, it's like getting it out. Yeah. But I think it's a good, but it could, I guess the question is, do we believe, take away the stuff of the reactionary stuff. Do we believe that this move of them focusing on whether it's Ryan Johnson, the Benioff stuff could be completely, um, beneficial to the brand? I mean, this is a knee-jerk reaction, I, I think, uh, from having a standalone movie that didn't do as well as expectations. I think that focusing on trilogies is a smarter move. I think they are focusing on more storytelling mm. apart from uh, instead of, like, interjecting with, like, hey, a pop-up standalone just to kind of, like, you know, wet the whistle in between drinks because that's what I feel it is at the moment. It's like, yeah. oh, you've just had a trilogy. Now we're going to give you this just so that you stay interested in Star Wars until we give you the next one. And it's actually not working. Yeah, I, th- I don't think that that's going to change, unfortunately. I think because I think that, it, well, maybe maybe it will. I mean, if they're just focusing on these two trilogies and then no other director is going to come in, the stuff that I didn't think was working is someone comes in and goes, hey, like what Kazan said, right? Uh, was it J- not Jake Kazan? John. John, John Kazan. And he, and he says... A director would come in, and a Kathleen Kennedy met with anyone that you could possibly imagine with the big name. She met with them, and that person was pitching a Star Wars take. Wow. It's a bit scary if you think about it, because if that person was like, well, they're in the middle of something, and they're going to, let's say Obi-Wan was in, was in talks, and then some big director comes in and goes, well, I got an idea about doing a Snice Noodles movie. Let, let's do that. And then that's the movie because so-and-so wanted to do it. That seems to be not not going to be the case now because they're going to focus on these particular trilogies like you're talking about. So I don't know. I think that it does fall back to the streaming service here with Favreau because I know that the news is that we're getting we're going we're going to production on That's this thing. That's snowballing fast. Yeah, and I think it should. He said he said at the premiere of Solo that they've already he's already written six episodes. Yeah, more than half, wasn't it? That's more than yeah. half. Yeah, uh, out of ten. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so if they if they and that was in May. So you would assume now maybe let's say he's done eight at this point, right? Let's say he's done eight. We know it takes place after Return of the Jedi. I still stick by it that I think that if done correctly, 
this show is the show that start that saves the overall perception of the Star Wars narrative because very similar to TV in general right now, there's just more character development. Mm. There's more time. Yeah. And all the stuff that you really talk about, whether, again, it's, it's Stranger Things or, or the OA or whatever it might be, things like that, you have time to really learn these characters as opposed to like a two and a half movies that could be rushed. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think that um, speaking of safe bets and Disney loves playing it safe at this particular stage, Favreau is so safe. He's done so well with live action. Um, I mean, Jungle Book already, everything he's touching is turning into gold yeah. at the moment. So for, you know, for them and to put that trust into him and to get it happening makes absolute sense. It's also a PR save, and I say this in, 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 a, in a, a good PR save because of the right thing that should be done. I think that Favreau, who will be producing this thing, will bring in new directors, women, people of color, people who deserve the, the opportunity to present themselves and tell Star Wars tales that might not have gotten it in a feature film. And I think that that's something that Lucasfilm desperately needs right now. And I think that it also you'll be able to find people in television that would not get that shot in feature film mm-hmm. making. I think that there are people who see all over the, that you have not heard of that are going to make their names in this series because they can shoot something that looks so theatrical. And that's the difference between television now as opposed to television 20 years ago. Yeah. It's theatrical stuff. You're making 10-hour movies. And I think you're going to get a lot of new up-and-coming filmmakers that are going to sink their teeth into this stuff, Star Wars fans in general, that are going to prove that, hey, I can do this and I can do more. So, Ken, do you think that that we're gonna? This is something that is gonna change the narrative, or what? Uh, the TV show? Yeah, uh, I think it's gonna. Yeah, people, the viewing audiences have changed. You're talking about Marvel. Uh, I make jokes, but Avengers: Infinity War was was good. Yeah. But like, I, I'm not invested in Marvel. I'm not invested in movies that are serialized. I'm invested in TV shows that are. Mm. But that's just me. Yeah. I got a gray beard. Uh, the 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 generation watching now is used to things connecting the big reveals that's my argument with solo yeah some of the stuff's predictable what's the journey that the characters went on during those quote predictable right. swerves that's the point of, of story is mm. is what does it do to it not that baelish is going to put a knife to ned stark's throat that means a lot but we're used to that kind of stuff the tv show can do that and i think people are going to react to that yeah, I think so we just talk star wars and game of thrones technically in I, the one sitting that's amazing i do it all the time and 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 you, you know that. i miss doing it with you on a regular basis game of stars um all right let's oh i don't even know if we necessarily need to get into anything else but we go into twitter but what's anything else in <laughs> that's there? the show i know I mean, anything else in there that we should talk about you uh, think i'll let you choose you'll let and me then we'll choose go to twitter. oh wow okay is calrissian going to be in an upcoming yeah. movie about. Yeah, 100% Billy D, yes. Billy What's D. Billy D doing? He was doing Dancing with the Stars. We're getting him. Get him and put him in like he's you know he's in the uh, well it's not New Republic anymore but whatever the the government is he's he's able you have to bring him in for one of the movies and I for think that sure. JJ's probably sick of hearing about it too because yeah. it's like he wasn't in Force Awakens he wasn't in Last Jedi yeah. um, and now Lando's so hot right now with his solo re debut right yeah. <laughs> yeah right so you would have to you'd have to bring him and I think that this is a if I was going to bet on it I would I, I, <laughs> over under because that's what he. Does. That's what I do. Over hey. No, that's what Lando does. Oh, right. Well, I Are you kidding? Well, I thought, he's got a I I thought that was a, a... It was a, it was a shoe, and I should have got yeah. it, but I just had a lot of bets this morning that with, with Roka, because he makes dumb bets. Got it. So I was going to have a bet with him. <laughs> um, but I would, I would put this over under 95%. Yeah. I would go over yeah. 95% that he would be in episode Never nine. tell me the odds. What do you think? <laughs> uh, dude, I'd lose my Millennium Falcon over this. Yeah. Over. Yeah. yeah. 
Ken. He's going in. Yeah, absolutely. It fits into the story. Uh, this is why I believe Ryan Johnson wholeheartedly when he's like, I thought of putting him in here. Thought of putting him in Canto Bite. He could have been maybe the spot with oh, Maz. For sure. It wouldn't have served the legacy of this character at that time. Uh, because it's so... Remember, this is like a... Seven and eight are like this close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to have some time in nine. We know that Shriv and Zay, Miko, Aiden uh, uh, versus daughter are out there in the galaxy looking for help in the outer rim. There are people who are going to answer the call. What better man to answer the call than Lando Calrissian? How would nice. it be if we had Lobot as well? I would lose it. Oh, and that's Lobot. the kind of fan service I can get behind, you know? Or Lobot's kid. He's got the little kids with the, the headgear on. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> and we've seen, you know, the fact that Lando's been in Rebels as well. You know, yeah. Yeah. he's a, re- a recurring character, so it's not even, like, out of place yeah. for it yeah. to happen like more was a little bit. Hopefully, it would be nice for uh, and also because, you know, you don't, have, you don't have Harrison Ford in the movie anymore. You don't have Carrie Fisher anymore. Luke will probably be a ghost. And this is really one of the last major characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to bring him back and, and kind of tie it together. Yeah, Wedge could come back too. Dennis Lawson. Pay him enough money to stop being grumpy. I thought he was going to come back for... <laughs> We're talking about him or Jake Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Poor Jake. Poor Jake. <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought Lawson was going to come back because he was at Celebration. So he was at Celebration. Yeah, yeah, was those rumors back. were rampant. But yeah, but I, I mean, it's still possible. be great. See how it all ties up. I think there's going to be a lot of... And I never, I, I never look at this word as a ba- as a bad word. I think there's going to be a lot of fan service in episode nine. I loved the fan service of Solo. Yeah. That's what I'm there for. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mentioned a Bosk. Are you kidding me? Was I was cool. like, nice Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot of stuff that you could do and and put in there. And I think um, they're going to give a lot of fan service in episode nine, and I'm okay with it. All right, Ken, yeah. what's next? You want to go Twitter? Uh, absolutely, yeah. All right, let's yeah. go to Twitter. So we're going to jump right away to the Twitter questions, everything that you guys have been talking about out there, and there's a lot of it. So it's tweet time. Ken, what do you got? All right. Uh, okay, this is from Nathan Arredondo. Arredondo, Ranger fan Nathan. I've been curious about this for a while, but why do you think that a person, when they go to the dark side, uh, their eyes turn yellow? Or as I used <laughs> to say as a kid, lello. Easy answer? Because oh, it looks cool. <laughs> oh, no way. They're corrupted. They've yeah, got, they've, it's when their soul has just kind of clicked over and their, their soul has been corrupted yeah. and they're in, in the dark side. Yeah, I love it. And it's so yeah. visually striking. Yeah, and it is as it's like you've passed a point of no return. Yeah. Click, boom. I do love that. I do like the idea that I hope they, they stick with that. I would like to see, um, I know some people disagree with me, but I'd love to see the Sith return one way or another in episode nine. Yes, I think that it's going to be missing it. Yeah. We've been missing it or at least, you know, f- try to figure out if, what was the intent of Snoke in general? Was it because we had Sith holocrons? That's a great question. I think that that's going to be addressed. I really do think that. I think that Snoke stuff will be addressed. I think that there will be more reveals to original stuff than we even had thought of. I want the Knights of Ren. I'm holding yeah. out for that. It was set up in The Force Awakens. It was ignored completely. I think the Knights of Ren should have been in that incredible scene with the fight with Rey. Right. Like, they should have been the ones that are coming in. And maybe he lost a couple of them, and that was personal attack. That's what we needed. Anyway, we could you go don't on. Want- Knights Ren are his frat brothers that he hung out yes. with in college, and he's graduated and moved on. He's yeah, got a I new th- friend. I disagree with that. I th- I'm more on Maud's side there. I think that where it's um, you, you had that conversation or that tidbit in one of the visual guides that Snoke had more than one apprentice. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. wasn't because he's not Sith, and so he trained a few. Maybe one of those now are running the Knights of Ren, and, and now... Yeah. Kylo's got to fight for now. He's the, the supreme leader. He's got to come in, and he's got to. He either runs the Knights of Ren, or or there's someone working for him. You got to give us another baddie in Episode Nine. Somebody who's going to be like it's brand because you can introduce right. a brand new character, very similar to the way you did in the prequels, right? Mm-hmm. Like say Maul was in the first one, and then you got Dooku in the, in in the second one, and then ultimately, oh, and Grievous, Grievous. is really the yeah. the focus of the third. 
but you can introduce a new bad guy that hasn't been in there yet and make a really villainous dude who has is conflicting with Kylo Ren and or maybe working with him, whatever it is. I think that they can do that, and maybe he has yellow eyes. I, I feel that Maul is one of the better villains we've seen in the last 20 years, um, and I think that having a team of that, team like that, the Knights of Ren, to do his bidding, it's like a Maul-esque figure, mm. and it's like Boba Fett. It's like, hey, I'm giving you a command. You're going to do whatever it takes to make this happen. And I think that that is such a powerful thing in a villain, yeah. you know, that motivation. And having a team of that, I just I think we need someone he- he- heavier hitting than bloody foreskin faced what's his name adam driver oh yeah not a fan guys it's it's, it's he's a bit of a cartoon yeah all right what's next it's the best villain in star wars no what's he's wrong with you? no what you think hux is the best hux? villain in star wars? hux you think hux is the best villain in no, star wars no kylo ren she said hux she said adam hux. driver no. oh adam driver adam driver oh i thought you meant i thought you meant no. donald gleason no i, I hux, la- hux was brought hux. down on purpose hux is a par- is, hux, is, is a commentary on on villainy today and yeah. politicians oh. today no but hux is pretty adam driver adam driver i like modern day tarkin we yeah. can all kind of but, agree but, with that. Oh, look at that trying, face that you trying But that was, that was Ryan's point, was to undercut yeah. him to the point, because a lot of villainy today in, in real life is just fearful anger exploding with no real point, and yeah. that was kind He's of He's such a goofy idiot. He's such yes. a goofy Hux. idiot. Hux. Yes. That's where, like, Adam Driver... Kylo Ren is, too. But, no. but he's, he's this. I believe the anger. I, I see the Anakin. I see Anakin in, in Adam Driver. I actually really like Adam Driver very yeah. much yeah, yeah, yeah. in the movies. I like Kylo Ren. I he's, wish he's, he just wouldn't take his helmet off. Really? See, I, he's so I, much more intimidating. It, I, if he had shorter hair, I was like, I can't deny when he takes the helmet off you know what, and the feather hair comes rolling yeah. out in Force Awakens, that's not one of my Thank you. Parts. And every yeah. time I saw that movie in the cinema, everyone, everyone laughed. Laugh. I will definitely say I'm okay that. with And him. I interviewed him, yeah. and it didn't help my cause. In fact, I think it's exacerbated my really? dislike for you know, him. Like, you know, He's like, a little shit. Really? Yes. <laughs> he doesn't care. Oh, I, you, don't I think he, you don't think he cares? No way. This is why we bring Maud here. Insight. Yeah, I made jokes. Didn't like them. Yeah. I think he's a ser- I think he's a, he's a very serious dude. I interviewed him for, for Force Awakens, right? I don't I don't know if he maybe did for Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and it might have changed. It might have changed. But I, what I read from him was that he was he's a guy that takes himself very seriously. Probably the reason he got cast. Um, he it doesn't seem like a lot of I wanna, laughs and smiles. I, but I, I was. I yeah. want to know more about your jokes. It didn't work. Oh, yeah. Oh, puns. <laughs> hates puns. You're I can't a respect a man who doesn't like puns. Yeah. Um, but also, I feel like he's almost <laughs> resenting the success of Star Wars oh. and, like, the gravitar of it all, where it's like, you know, it, it, sometimes serious artists just want to kind of focus on the performance, right. not this whole marketing, well, money-making yeah. monopoly. Yeah, well, you better know that when you, when you get involved with look, Star Wars. Look at Harrison in the late 80s, right? Thank right. you. <laughs> all right, what's next? Uh, Dark Porkins. I love that, Dave. Yeah. Uh, if there was a Star Wars movie confined to one single planet that we've already seen anywhere in canon, which planet do you think offers the most potential? Side question, what planet would you like to live on? I'd like to live on Harloff Minor because I'd probably get some, uh, some benefits there. <laughs> um, but I'd want to see a, a movie on, on Moraband, formerly known as Korriban. I want to. Oh, I want to yeah. learn about the Sith. I want to learn about the the holocrons. I want to see if Revan is. is Do you want to learn why Darth Maul now Maul is trapped there? Who I think is trapped by Kira. Maybe so. Maybe so. And like, is that where he, he was? On, he was trapped on. Well, he's not trapped on Moraband. When did he pick up in Rebels? When he picked up in Rebels, he was on yeah. Moraband. Right, right, right. I thought you meant in. in so uh, he Solo. loses. Right. Who does he lose to? Right, Kira. Maybe. I think it's Kira. That, that's. You know what? Let's take a pause for a second. Remember your planets. Time out, Cody. Yeah. Remember. Remember. Remember your planets, because <laughs> because that uh, you're talking about going Sith. Um, I think that when we are we ever going to see that that tie up now? 
Are they just going to... You could probably in a book, right? About uh, Kira and Maul. Will we ever learn about what happens there? I thought no. there was going to be a solo part two and three. Well, that's what they would have tried. They're well, not going to do that anymore. And, uh, then no. Then it's a... Then they're going to... Because I don't have a fucking plan. Right. Book? Anywhere? Nothing? Book. Book. Give, give Ray Oh, my God. It'll be in the comics, which are, the whole canon in the comics is being ignored. Yeah. All right. So... Come, yeah, is this an off thing? No, no, no. No, that's good. no, no, no. But I, I tell you, Ray, I love what Ray Carson did with the character Kira. It, it took a, a, a performance that at times was muted for me with Amelia Clark. Yeah. That I'm, no fault of her own. Yeah. I think when you have two directors going, eh, be a femme fatale, that, that's not that. a direction. Right. Uh, Ron com, comes in and, and, and tries to save it. Uh, I learned a lot about this character, uh, written by Ray Carson, a female before or after? getting into her. Uh, this, this is set before. Okay. But you learn a lot about her aspirations, why she feels she's trapped, yeah. why she feels she recognizes that, that line when she says, Han, you're a good guy. You learn it in Most Wanted, where that comes from. Yeah. It adds depth to Han, yeah. but it adds some depth to Kira. I, I actually think you might might like this book. Okay. Uh, because it, it, it gets into Kira's mindset and where she came from and what she wants to do, and the idea of her defeating Maul her own way politically. Is, is very realistic. Oh. Uh, 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 Kira, a planning, uh, aspirational uh, character who also does feel she's a little trapped and feels she has to she has to take a deal she's with the devil. The game. Yeah. Play the game. She's playing the game. And and there's Maul with all his aggression and anger. And how does he end up broken in Rebels? You know, because yeah. he does. He ends right. up, he's vengeance-filled, he's broken, he's trapped. Yeah. What happens? Right. I'm intrigued with that. Me too. I'm all right, let's go that. back to the initial question. Maude, you can live on any planet. Yep. And, and what planet do you want to see as its own standalone movie? You know what? You've got to give a shout-out to Naboo. That is a planet yeah, that has stuff happening above ground and below. And I think that the versatility there is yeah. endless. And having, to live on or movie? Um, I mean, we've done the movie. We've okay. seen the extent of all of it. I don't need to know that there's a bigger fish again, okay. quietly. There's always a bigger fish. Um, but I think that structurally and to look at, Naboo's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what an am- And, like, playing that through on Lego Star Wars was just oh, yeah. so great. Yeah. You get to scale up all on the Battlefront, stuff. too. I just walk yeah. around Naboo. Isn't it gorgeous? It's relaxing. So I would want to live on the upside of Naboo. Um, where do I, I mean, I know what planets I'd never want to see again. Celeste can jog on. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that planet. It's yeah. just molten lava. <laughs> Yeah, then you step in it and you lose points. And that's what about you? Um, where would you want to vi- where would you want to visit? What movie do you want to see from a planet alone? I've always, Naboo's always been my answer for live on, but as I've gotten older and more grumpy and more of a hermit, I want to go live in Bright Tree Village on Endor. I want to be like Chief Chirpa's human friend. Yeah. That's like Wilford Brimley in Ewok movies. Right. That just like eight year old Maud is like poop right. in the jungle, right? Yeah, I'd like yeah. to poop in the jungle with Chief yeah. Chirpa. That's what I'd like yeah. to do. As far as movie, you know what? I think it's what it's it's necessarily an obvious answer, but I think course. The Underworld, yeah. 1313, yeah. and, and the Upper Crust, yeah. uh, the Outlander Club, all these kind of things. Uh, I want to go drinking with Obi-Wan. I love it's It's I, I unironically... You've a lot of time on You want hands. to go home and rethink your life. I, yeah. I, 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 I unironically and ironically love Dexter's Diner. I under, It's like <laughs> both like my least favorite sequence yeah. in Star Wars and my favorite sequence in Star Wars because the idea that Obi-Wan's like, I take a break from the council and I go get some space eggs at this right. uh, Besselix <laughs> restaurant and some... Flow literally WA seven flow droid is is go. You want a cup of sandwich? I'm like I love it because I want to live there. I want to see more of that stuff. But it is right. it's silly. Let's, let's do two more. All right, two more. Um, okay, uh, I am Jedi. Asked this question. I am Jedi eighty eight. Just fun speculation. What would have been better, Lucas directing the prequels from a Kasdan script story or another director mm-hmm. from a Lucas story script? Any director you choose. Um, hands down, one hundred percent for me is. Lucas's story with a director doing it because that's it's been a proven it's worked. 
Yeah. It, it worked with Empire. It worked. Well, it worked with Empire because I mean, I, I, li- I like Return of the Jedi, but I think that you can make the argument that Lucas really directed. Yeah, yeah. Mark Wand was. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to switch it around a little bit. I want to know about the prequels and fleshing out some of the key points without having to go through the Trade Federation. I want to know, like, that for me, the prequels were more filler than killer. I want to know if it had been rejigged and rewritten. And, you know, we've talked about it so many times. What if Maul didn't die in the first one? What if he was an overarch um, character that was chasing um, Obi-Wan? Like, a bunch of different things. If we just tweaked a little bit more with fresh eyes and not getting bogged down by the nitty-gritty stuff that I think tanked the movies a little bit, that would be cool. Yeah, Yeah, I'm in that uh, place. I mean, you guys know I love the prequel stories and what they bring, but I think Lucas, you know... Uh, made some interesting choices. I think they shot the second draft of Phantom Menace, make it more run. Although I love Qui-Gon, and I love the heat between him and Shmi. We used to talk about that Ooh. in Jedi, Jedi Alliance. Um, I think we almost had it in a very tiny way. Ron Howard almost, you know, he was kind of offered Phantom Menace early on, and we know it's now a joke, faster, more intense. Lucas just views actors as in the way of his Vision, stories yeah. and visions and tech. Uh, give give those actors a chance, because if you, you know, as much as I love the prequels now, like you look at you got Natalie Portman, uh, clearly not happy to be there heart. at one point. You know, uh, I think Hayden has more uh, charisma than he was allowed to show in the movies there. Get someone like that. I, I'd be interested to yeah, see okay, what Okay, you are right. George Lucas is an amazing storyteller. He's not the best director, which is why right. Willow yeah. is in my top five movies of all time. Because yeah. Lucas wrote it, yep. Howard directed Howard, it. Will, and oh, will, new Willow movies, maybe, right? Ron's teasing yeah. that. Oh, Separate yeah. podcast. Welcome to Willow Council. <laughs> um, all right, what's, uh, what's next? Last, Final question. Uh, I think this is fun uh, speculation stuff. I like this and uh, fan booking here. Jeremy at Black Welder 108 asks, what actor or actress would you like to see play a villain in the future Star Wars films. I recently started watching Westworld. He's loving Ed Harris's performance. Love to see him play a villain in Star Wars. Uh, love the show. Thank you, Jeremy, for your question. Uh, who would you, who'd you want? I love Ed Harris, but I think that right now, I just saw that really hard, and this is not his fault, but this movie's terrible, the Geostorm. Oh. But the <laughs> second he shows up, I knew... Who was it, sorry? Geostorm? No, no, who's the dude? Ed Harris. Oh, got it. Yeah, so the second Ed Harris shows up in Geostorm, I know where the arc is going to happen because he's played the same role a yeah. billion times. So it's a little predictable when you put him in villain roles. Yeah. Um, I would, and this is probably a pretty easy answer because everyone says this guy's name now too, but I would want to see Michael Fassbender as a villain. I want to mm-hmm. see him, you know, and I, and I think I that what... I see him the, as Thrawn. It would be mm-hmm. great as Thrawn. Or oh, my God, I need Thrawn, that I, now. Yeah, because of that kind of mm-hmm. that serious demeanor. Oh. But I'd also like to see him. You talk about, like, our Knights of Ren or our, our people who uh, – a potential Sith. I think that sometimes they're like, well, everyone just assumes that Benicio Del Toro is going to be a bad guy Sith, so let's right. make him some stuttering hacker instead uh, because it's like, eh, it's like you, it's okay to say, you know, put some depth and layers and familiar type of mm-hmm. models, you know, and I think that Fastbender as a Sith or a badass general, Thrawn, yeah. you know, or Admiral, um, that would be great. So he's my pick. What's yours? I, you know, I always go to Game of Thrones. I always want to look. Dan and Dave got some casting to do. Pedro Pascual. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Red Viper, Oprah Martel. Give him something. Give him a red lightsaber. Let him go to town. Let him bring those layers in. I Did you see him in Kingsman, the second one? Uh, I had, no, not yet. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. He was yeah. fun. He was yeah. fun. I didn't like that movie, but but yeah. but but he was. But I thought Pedro Pascal was like good. Him, yeah, he's good. And then uh, and and then uh, little uh, Maisie Williams as uh, you know little she's not little anymore. Yeah. I keep going to season one of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Maisie Williams is some kind of like badass bounty hunter going around the, the galaxy killing. Yeah. I see you, Maisie Williams. I raise you a Lucy Lou. 
I think Lucy Liu has the acting chops and has the villainess potential to rock the Star Wars universe. That, and we need more lady villains. They can be bad too. Kill Bill, man. She's great. Seriously. Um, I can just see her, like, kind of... I mean, we've seen hints of her in, like, uh, hints of bounty hunter, female bounty hunters in Rebels. Yeah. Um, Like an Aura Singh kind of thing. Like, that's... If she was a... Or an ancient, like, an ancient Sith Lord. Yeah. Well, that goes back to someone else that I love to see. Talk about a kick-ass female character, Sophia Boutella. I mean, everything she's oh, been in. Gosh. Sophia yeah, Boutella was even, even though uh, Hotel Artemis, she's great. She stands out in every movie she's in. Yeah. Star Trek Into Darkness, Kingsman. She stands Being out. interviewed in, on the schmoes. She's right. But <laughs> she stands out in everything. And I think. And she's played villain before very well. Yes. And she could do some serious great lightsaber battles. Absolutely. Yeah. So she, uh, Sophia Boutella would actually yeah. be one two, of my choices. Oh my gosh. Make yeah. her like a. Um, Asajj Ventress. Give yes. her two curved red saber blades. Mm. I'm in. I'm in. So there you go. That was a pretty in-depth, meaty conversation about everything going on in Star Wars world. We didn't cover a lot of the topics, but we <laughs> talked about, I think, the main topic right now. And I'd like to thank uh, our guest today. First, Maud from Geek Bomb. Where can the people find you? Hi there. I'm on all social media at Maud Garrett. So check that, that out. Can, <laughs> yeah. And the Geek Bomb's on YouTubes. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I have all my solo interviews up there as well if you oh. want to know some fun facts about um, Lando Calrissian Don, uh, Donald Glover. Okay. Did you know his first ever action figure was Lando Calrissian? Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a Kenner. Yep. There you go. And he Ooh. used to break off the lightsaber of Darth Vader and put it in Lando's hand. Oh, that's awesome. You can catch that on Geek Bomb. Kylo Ken. I love that. Uh, uh, you can find me at Catnapsuck across all social media platforms, including, that's right, Instagram TV. Download it now. <laughs> it's blowing up the internet. My phone doesn't even work now because of it. All right. I don't even know what that is. That's how old I am. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for joining me at, and, and our crew today. Find me at Christian Harloff, whether it's Twitter or not Instagram TV, because I don't know what that is. Can you tell me <laughs> afterwards? Check out the what Schmo- are these crazy kids doing? <laughs> I know, right? Check me out on Showdown every Tuesday and Friday. Tomorrow, really big doubleheader. I got critically acclaimed. And then the main event is Mike Kalinowski against Jared Haven in an inner geekdom match. So come check that out. Catch you next time. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys?
Let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba.